beautiful people. You know what time it is. Ladies and gents, guys and dolls, and everyone in between. Gather round. Get you something real nice to sip on and comfy to slip on. Cause it's time for Smut Club. Here's your hosts, Chelsea and Hannah. Hello, everybody. Hi. Welcome to to this day's episode of Smut Club. Um, we've missed you. We have. And we miss you so much. And we missed our girl, J.S. Scott, Jan, so much. <laughs> we decided we needed to review the third book in the Billionaire series. Um, this is going to be a joint review. And honestly, we're just going to need to take a break from her after this because we were like, we've committed thus far. And we, we just have. But damn, I feel like they're already painful. And then you reread them and they don't. They don't get better with time and age. No, they they don't. If anything, the plot holes become more gaping. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair. I when I was kind of doing my reread of this book because I knew we were going to be recording it, I just I had far more questions mm-hmm. than answers. Yep. As we went along, and I find myself identifying with the female characters less and less because I'm like, can't can't relate, man. I'm kind of like, have a backbone and maybe believe in yourself a little bit. Yeah. Because all of these women are like, we can just get into it because we, you've already heard how we felt about (laughs) Mara. Okay. It was Mara and and Jared. Jared. Then the first one was Dante and and Sarah. Sarah. Uh Uh-huh. And then the the prequel that I haven't read, but I think you've read Hannah. I have is Grady and Emily. Emily. And that actually is important for this one. So that actually is an excellent segue yes. into our prologue. We start our prologue for <laughs> The Billionaire's Touch is is this one. The, the, the Forbidden Billionaire, The Billionaire's Touch. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The Billionaire's Feather. I'm just making shit up. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be one at some point. I don't remember the first one. Um that's, no ordinary billionaire. No ordinary billionaire. Yes. Well, and then I think the prequel, the prequel was the a billionaire's, billionaire's Christmas, Christmas because I think we forgot they have money. Sprinkle a little hallmark in there. So okay, so in the prequel with Grady and Emily, the whole thing is that Emily was dating this guy. Emily is the director. You may hear Brandon. My dog, y'all. I'm sorry. Brandon has no boundaries. He just wants to be a part of everything we're always doing. We yes. we even gave him some CBD treats this morning, and he is not vibing yet. So no. these things so happen. That's okay. He's just going to live his best life with his little clicky clacks on the wood floor. He literally got his—he went to the groomer, and they ground his nails yesterday. So I'm dumbfounded and impressed. I mean, he knows what he's about. So anyway, so the whole thing with the prequel is Emily, who is the director of the youth center in Amesport, was dating this guy who stole all the Christmas money. Oh, my stars. And so she's super upset, and she goes to Grady to try to get the money. <laughs> I just I, I just need y'all to know 
Um, so Hannah's feet don't touch the ground. We're at a table in my, like, my breakfast nook. I'm not that short. She really isn't that short. But also, these chairs aren't very tall, so I'm not quite sure what, what the disconnect is. <laughs> um, but my husband had gone to the liquor store earlier this week, and I was like, hey, could you pick up a bottle of Diplomatico rum? Because it's delicious and wonderful, and if you haven't tried it, you should. We also weren't sponsored by Diplomatico. It would be cooler if we were. But... The bottle he picked up had this great gift set and it came with these two like Diplomatico glasses and it was a very fancy looking gift set because they didn't just have a bottle. They had a gift set for the same price. So now we have the glasses. Um, But because Hannah's feet don't touch the ground, my (laughs) husband just snuck into the room and slid the box that the Diplomatico and the glasses came in (laughs) under her feet so she would have a stool. (laughs) Um, and that is what just happened. I was like, is Brandon behind me or something? I'm just going to pretend that's not happening. But it was just Vance. And <laughs> no, it wasn't the dog. It was just Chelsea's husband <laughs> coming in with a footstool. Yes, I'm very comfortable. Thank you, Vance. Yes. So anyway. So the prequel, Grady and Emily. Right. And Emily is over the community center in right. Amesport. Right. So Emily is trying to figure out how to get the money for Christmas because apparently, despite all the billionaires all over the place in this tiny main town, they don't have a lot of money. And so some of these kids, like, this is their only Christmas, tears, whatever. So she goes to Grady to ask him for money. And so all that is in the prequel. Why that's important for the prologue is her best friend, Randy, decides that she is going to email the Sinclair Foundation to request a No one specific, donation. just like the no. general foundation to shoot her shot and just see like what contact she can make at sinclairfoundation.org or Info whatever. At sinclairfoundation.org. <laughs> like nothing is personal about this. But None she's like, it. I'm just gonna email this whole foundation and be like, you don't know me, but we're this tiny town in Maine called Amesport. And like she signs it. What did like she signs it? A concerned citizen or something. It was kind of very like a la like sleeping in salat Seattle. Sleeping in Seattle, y'all. Sleeping in Seattle. Yes, yes. So she did sign it. Um, concerned in Amesport, I guess. Um. So yeah, concerned resident of Amesport. And she's emailing from a generic email address at the youth center because she volunteers there. Well, she's emailing from her email account. Yes. But her full name is Miranda, but she goes by Randy. Well, but that's not in the email address. It's not? Uh-uh. It's like a, like a generic one that she uses through the foundation that is not connected to her name. That's how she stays anonymous. Well, damn, y'all. I just thought it was because it was M something. (laughs) Clearly, y'all, I've read this book twice, and I couldn't bring myself to give a shit about the finer (laughs) details. So, so glad we have Hannah for these. You're welcome. Um, I'm I'm a sponge. So, (laughs) So, she sends this email that is like, please help us, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then multiple months later, right, no one has responded. She forgot about the email. Grady saves Christmas anyway. Um, we know that because of the prequel. And <laughs> sorry if we ruined it for you. Spoilers. Um, and so then the eldest Sinclair brother 
is going through the emails for some Evan reason. Evan. And yes. let's let's not forget, Evan was very prominent in Mara and Jared's book. He was. He rescued Mara from the fire in her house. Um <laughs> and then made out like he was he was coming after her. And yes. Jared was not into that. He like made a power play so his brother mm-hmm. wouldn't be a bitch and would just ask out the girl that he liked. So that's what we know about Evan. He's serious. He wears suits. Exclusively. Ex- suits Exclusively. Only. Suits only. Like almost like Barney Stinson on How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> like the way they describe Evan, I was like, does suit he- Suit up. I'm like, does he have a silk sleep suit? Because that is the energy they are giving this I man. I didn't think about that. I was like, does he have, does he have like flannel pajama bottoms or is this, are we like- what sort of sleepwear? I imagine it's a flannel suit with a flannel tie. <laughs> I'm just going to agree with that because I want it to be true. So Evan reads this email and he's like, the audacity. And so he responds and is like, uh, why would you ever think that we would help you? Like, that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. We help like people with real problems, not small towns for Christmas. Yeah, we're not your personal Santa or some shit. Or he said something about like next time direct these sorts of requests to the North Pole or something like yeah, that. He's really like snarky. He, like we'd help people with real problems, like not people like in a town that's not even on a map or like yeah, some yeah, shit yeah. like that. And Randy is like, <laughs> I guess Audacity was on sale and she snaps back, and so she she gets a map and highlights AIM support on it and attaches it to the email and, like, does a whole thing. And he's like, I'm into that. But they never sign their names, right, on these emails. So that is the prologue. Yes, they are starting to develop this relationship. We do find, like, as their pen pal relationship continues, they each sign it with a letter. And so she's signing hers with M. Like, her sign-off in her email says M for Miranda. This is what I was getting confused with her email. And then Evan is signing his off with S for Sinclair. Would, yep. you know, be everyone's logical guess here. Yep. So, um, I guess, and I, I mean, honestly, I don't even know. Like, these books are a disaster, you guys. We're really doing our best. So, you know who didn't do their best? The bot that wrote these. <laughs> Like, if I have to read the phrase elemental desire one more time, I will lose it. We'll get there. So anyway, um, it, the book opens with Evan coming to town on his jet for his sister's ball. She's throwing some kind of a party. Yeah, like, so there's like a a bigger ball that happens. <laughs> <laughs> We, we are children. Sorry. Um, there's a, like a bigger ball that happens at the end of the book. But then like, I think Hope had just had a kid. That's mm-hmm, the sister. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, was coming to meet the sister or not meet the sister. Meet, meet the nephew. Meet the nephew. And his cousin Micah Is Sinclair mm-hmm. hitched a ride on his plane. And he has the next book that we won't be reviewing until next year. <laughs> we're that's That sounds like a 2023 <laughs> review because— Maybe a late 2022, but Lord help us. I I don't know if I can bring myself to do more of these. Yeah. So they are coming in. And um, I don't know why. I don't even know what's happening. Well, like they're coming in and like it's honestly just a lot of like Evan in his head. And then he's like, and I don't even, 
He's like, yeah, like, I mean, like, I want to see my sister. He's like, but I hope I don't have to see Randy in her. Like, she's always so annoying in her stupid face. But, like, kind of in this, like, her stupid cute face that I just want to kiss. It's kind of, like, the energy behind it. I don't know. Am I misreading that? No, you're right. So, so Evan and Randy have been paired up in all of the weddings um, that have happened with all of his siblings. So they're constantly being thrown together. And so... And he's like, she hates me. She either is completely ignoring me or she's insulting me. But then she's also like, I tried to talk to you and be friends with you and you didn't respond and were kind of a dick about it. So I let go of that dream and just figured you didn't like me and it is what it is. I was a dick back. Right? So we have Evan coming to town and then where Randy's story is starting off is her foster mother recently passed away. Yes. Um... About a month prior? Yeah, like within like a very, very recent passing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had told her pen pal about this passing. Yeah. Um, and then the pen pal discloses that he is going to be in Maine. Yep. And she's like, oh my gosh, wait, he's going to be in Amesport. And then she's like, what do we do? And, yeah. and then she's like, there's a storm coming. Did you know that the weather's going to get bad? And then she's like, okay, well, have a good time. I have a date with a rando who mm-hmm. the rando is Liam something. Liam and Tessa own the lobster, the lobster <laughs> roll shack. Yeah. I don't Sullivan's um something or other Sullivan's, Sullivan's seafood or seafood, something. I don't right? fucking know. We but we love alliteration, so we were <laughs> we both do. gonna guess it. We do. I'm Sullivan's steak and seafood. That's the one. So we do love some good alliteration. So Randy is talking to her pen pal. He knows all about her recent grief. And they have this ongoing joke that they always talk on date nights because they're both homebodies and never go out. And he, she's like, I have to sign off. And he's like, got a hot date. And she was like, I don't know if it's going to be hot, but yes. She's like, I do actually have a date. And he's like, what? Yeah. But she doesn't know he's in Amesport. She just knows he's in Maine. Um. And he says he's visiting family. In yes, I guess you're right. He, she just, I remember her like, like it saying in the book that she was like, he's here. And in my head, I'm like, <laughs> wow, she really knew Amesport, but you're entirely right. She just <laughs> meant in the state. I mean, Maine's not that big, is it? It's not that small. That's fair. Well, also something we need to know. I'm pretty sure when Evan was on the plane, he is, um, touching for comfort the stone Oh, yes. The Apache, the Apache tear. tear. <laughs> um, <laughs> that Beatrice sent him with so, a letter that he was going to be married within six months. Yes. And I don't know if y'all remember this or honestly if we mentioned it because it's a weird aside of all of these books. But like Beatrice has given each of these couples in each of these J.S. Scott billionaire books um, matching stones. And she's like, I, it's going to be your soulmate. And I know it. And so then she, so Evan is like reminiscing on this and like has the stone in his pocket. And he's like, well, I doubt it, but I'm not going to like be mean to this old lady. And then Randy, um, Beatrice took it a step further. She like told her, her mom would like, her mom would die, but then she'd find love. Yeah. She was like, she will not survive the winter. (laughs) <laughs> but you will find love or some shit. I don't know. And I'm like, I also, like, Beatrice was in the last book just, like, kicking it at the farmer's market. Yep. And yep. In her, like, bright pink tracksuit. 
And she has another older friend whose name I'm forgetting. Something with an E. Elise or something. Maybe. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Agnes? I don't. It could be. It's a a name that starts with a vowel. That's all we know. Here's the thing. We're really trying to, like, we both (laughs) reread this book. We did. And we are struggling this much to get through it. So, all right. Um, Randy tells the dude, her pen pal that she does not know is Evan, that she has a date. She's like, I don't know if it'll be hot, but I'm going on this date. And then, um, and I'm, I'm, I think she t- says I'm going for coffee. Mm-hmm. Then Evan decides to go to the coffee shop because he's like, maybe I'll like see someone on a date and I'll like be able to figure out who my pen pal is because he doesn't know it's Randy at this point either. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'm not just going to sit here like a loser. I'll just go to the coffee shop and be a bigger loser. But then he gets to the coffee shop and he's like, I don't know why I, d- I thought this was a good idea. I'm just going to leave. So he literally just went to the coffee shop, ordered a coffee. And, and And then decided to leave. But in the snow. In the snow. But as he's stepping out the door, he just like stops in the walkway. Yeah. And then someone crashes into his back and spills Who could coffee it be? all over. What? No one saw this coming, Randy. <laughs> um, so she spilled her mocha all down his back. Well, and then I don't know. He's kind of a douche. Like he really is. Like she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'll and, pay to have yeah, it cleaned. Yeah, and he's like, it's my favorite coat. And she's like, I'll pay to have it cleaned. And then he's like, like, like she could afford to get like a coat of this quality cleaned on a teacher's salary. But then like the dude Loki's like, I have the exact same coat. Like I have a duplicate of it. So I In don't. My closet. Yeah, so I fun. already own two. So it's not the end of the world if, if this one doesn't come together. I'm also like, you're a billionaire. How much can you love this fucking coat? Right. Why, like, why the attachment? Right, and then, maybe it's because of his, you know, oh, well, his special needs. We'll get there. We'll learn about his special needs later <laughs> in a very confusing way that I still don't really feel like I learned about his special needs. <laughs> and so then Randy crashes into him. Um, he doesn't realize who she is. We don't quite know what happened yet, but she crashed into him, and then he insists on like walking her to her car, and he's, he's like, like, "It's not safe." He's like, "It's snowing. Anything could happen." And she's like, "Bitch, I live in Maine. Like, I she's, don't." Yeah, she's like, "This is not Los Angeles. Like, I can walk down the street. You nut." Yeah, she's like, "It's a very safe area. It's just some snow. I know how to live in snow." And Evan is like, "I'd rip my own heart out before I let anything <laughs> happen to her." And you're like, "Where is this coming that from?" That is a strong reaction. So he does. He walks her back to the vehicle and then just decides to pin her against it and make out with her a little bit. Well, and I also realize that they have matching stones from Beatrice. Oh, right, 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 right. Because like about that. he like insists on taking her car keys to open the door for her or something, and like they like fall out of her purse. I don't fully really remember, but they're like, "What? You have an Apache tier? I have an Apache tier." Oh my stars! And then Evan's like, "Come to come to Hope's party with me, the sisters' party." And then Randy's like, "I think we should pretend this didn't happen." And as she's trying to say it, like Evan like. Shushes her and, like, puts his fingers <laughs> over her lips yes. mid-sentence. And is like, no, we're going to this party together. And she's like, okay. She's like, well, I guess since he put his finger to my lips and wouldn't let me talk, I have a date to the party now. So romantic. Right? So, all right. Then Randy gets home from this exchange. Um, oh, at- we, f- we forgot. So Randy was supposed to be meeting her blind date at this coffee shop. He yes. stood her up. Which we do learn in the future. He was sick. Yes, he was sick and didn't have her contact info, which I don't understand how that 
can happen in modern day. I guess he had her home phone number, but his sister was the one who set it all up, so he didn't have Randy's cell phone number. Which again, like as previously mentioned, the the gaping plot holes only become more confounding. Well, I'm also like, who has a home phone? Yeah, I'm like, what era is this book set in? Because... <laughs> Like, social media, you could slide into her DMs and be like, hey, so sorry, I'm sick. Like, I feel like you have options. You do. Um, And how far back do we have to go for this book to have taken place where you didn't have those options? I don't know. But regardless, she did not have her date. And right. so she she reaches out to her pen pal and she says, she basically talks about making out with Evan, but she doesn't name him. She just says, my date wasn't there. There was this other guy that I hate. He was there. He kissed me. I don't know. I feel really weird about it. And Evan's like, um, no, you need someone who's going to treat you right. Like, absolutely not. Do not give this guy the time of day. That's bullshit. But then also is like, we should meet. And she's like, no. Yeah. So... Evan is shitting on himself. (laughs) (laughs) Unknowingly. Unknowingly shitting on himself. It's a whole thing. And then we cut to like the blizzard is getting worse. And um, and Evan decides to ask his sister Hope to go to the grocery store with him to buy Randy supplies to make it through the blizzard. Because she lives a little bit further out of town. Yes. And he's worried about her trying to drive in her purple SUV. I don't know why that like stuck in my brain. I was like, do they even make those? Is that a custom paint job? What the fuck? <laughs> Whatever. Her purple SUV, he's concerned that it won't make the trek because it's a smaller sport utility vehicle. So I also just, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. He has a lot of money, so he doesn't really have any problems. Let's also note that like when he decides to deliver all of these things to Randy, He has the Sinclair family's personal plow go out on the road in front (laughs) of him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So that he could make sure the roads were clear. And I'm like, how much are you spending on a personal plow? But he's a billionaire, so he doesn't He does whatever he wants. But there, so he's at the store with his sister, and they are buying, um, sorry, Chelsea's cat is trying to get into our Boda box of wine. And again, while we are not sponsored by Boda Box, it'd be a lot cooler if we were. We have an empty and a half empty on the table because that's where we're at today. Well, you know how it goes when you get to the bottom of the box, but you still got wine. So you got to take the bladder out to do what you got to do <laughs> for some more wine. And so I took the bladder out and my cat is fully grown at only six pounds. Bless up, Craig. He's the, a permanent kitten, but he is he's trying to get into the top of the Boda Box. Um because he knows. If it if he fits, he sits. It mm-hmm. is very much his energy in life. <laughs> Good for you, Craig. Live the dream. Right. Okay. So Evan is at the grocery store with Hope, yep. buying supplies for Randy. Including and, dog food, which will wind up being relevant later. Yes. And then Hope keeps like putting things in the cart. And then Evan keeps taking them out and being like, these are all so unhealthy. And she's like, well, you asked me what Randy's favorites were. And she has really poor nutritional understanding. So. Right. She likes all of this shit, put it back in the cart. And then as Hope and Evan are just talking about Randy. Um, Hope calls her Miranda. Yeah, she calls her Miranda. And then Evan starts to like realize like, wait, 
D- what? And then he's like, did did her mother, like her foster mother recently pass away? And Hope's like, oh my gosh, how did you know that? And Oh, shit. And then he like has this big epiphany moment where he realizes that they are indeed pen pals. Um, and then his sister's like, something's up. Like, this is very unlike Evan. So then Evan spills his guts to his sister, not just about Randy, about no. a bunch his- of childhood trauma. Yeah. Um, and stuff that was very misdiagnosed. Um, yeah, and we don't find out what that is yet. No. But he just goes on and on about his— It's like, sweetheart, she was asking you about your fucking pen pal. Why are you telling her about being beaten regularly as a child? Like, how did we get here? Well, damn, Hannah, way to turn the page. <laughs> I mean— I mean, we're going to get there for sure. <laughs> um, but then Hope is like, okay, I'll help you land Randy. And so then they mention it later in the book because then suddenly— Evan starts wearing normal clothes that aren't suits, and Hope took him shopping for normal clothes so he would seem more approachable. Yes, and she did tell him, you need to tell her who you are right the And that you now. are her pen pal. Yes, right now. And he was like, okay. Mm. Right? So then Evan gets to Randy's house with all of these supplies right as the power goes out of at course. Randy's house because of the blizzard. And, oh, no. And it's Randy and her dog. And what's a girl to do? And Her he, generator's not working. Right? She, she didn't have time to get it looked at because her foster mother recently passed away. And so I just love that this is the third book in a <laughs> row in this billionaire series where, like, in the first, like, 30% of the book, some shit goes sideways, and the girl just has to go stay with the guy. Yeah. Well, and she's like, I can go get a room at the inn. And he's like, no. Well, and he's like, well, yeah, because he was—I think she was on the phone with Hope at first when he was getting there. And so she's like, no, let Evan take you back to the Sinclair Peninsula because they all have their homes on the— And guest houses. Yes, and these guest houses, and all of them have— they're, the the siblings all have homes at the Sinclair Peninsula. And he Peninsula. makes up some weird shit about, you can't stay with Hope. She just had a baby. And he she's like, e- yeah, but her guest house, he's like, nah. Well, and I'm also like, <laughs> the way they've described all of these houses in former books, I'm like, each of these houses is at least 10,000 square feet, not including the guest house. Right. How big I'm is like, this fucking peninsula? How big is the baby? <laughs> <laughs> No guest rooms available. <laughs> There's no room in the inn. <laughs> like. So, and then she's like, well, I, I I, have to bring Lily, who is her dog. And he's like, she she can't stay here. And <laughs> Randy is like, no, I can't just leave my dog at home in a blizzard. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I guess. <laughs> well, and then, all right. On their, I think it's, like, on their drive back to the peninsula, I was like, this is where I just was really, like, Evan is a complete piece of shit, where he's like, oh, so, like, um, did your foster mother recently pass away? Hope Hope told me she passed. And I'm like, bitch, no, you knew because you're her pen pal, and this was the prime opportunity to tell her that you'd put these pieces together, and instead, you completely lied to her face. And I didn't really respect you in the first place, and I am quickly losing— no, I wasn't say what minimal respect I had. There was no respect left yeah. because there was none to start with. It's bottoming out. And then I don't remember how it happens exactly, but Randy is emailing with her pen pal, who is Evan again, and says something about um, 
this guy that the pen pal originally was like, stay the fuck away from that guy. And now he's like, you should really give him a chance. Right? And so then you're like, Evan is emailing her being like, no, you should really give your, you should meet your pen pal. And you're like, you are truly the worst. But I also love that like, while all of this is going on, like Randy and Evan are kind of like, I guess like we need to like clear the air. And she was like, I just wanted to be your friend. And he goes, I'm sorry, I hurt your feelings. And she goes, okay, I forgive you. And then he's like, I'm going to call you Miranda. I'm like. And she's like, please don't. And then they bone. Yeah. And then she's like, I don't do oral. But then he also doesn't clarify if that's giving or receiving. And then, and then just goes down on her. Yeah. And he's like, like, I'm assuming, because it's from his perspective at that point. He's like, I'm assuming that you did not mean that you weren't game to receive. But doesn't clarify and doesn't ask. So I kind of feel like there were like three strikes you're out. Yeah. Right in a row. Yeah. I'm like, who respects you? Yeah. Like, as the leader of the Sinclair, like, I'm like, how do you, whatever, I'm, fuck him. This is how I feel about Evan throughout this entire book. I was just like, I was like, yet another example of Evan being a complete piece of shit was like how I felt most of this Chelsea has a lot of feelings, you guys. About Evan, I really do. I'm like, you are the worst. He is. Well, and I'm like. It's hard to read in a book that's essentially a love story and not be rooting for them at any point. No. And then so then he so they they don't even make it into the house really or into the bedroom. They they fuck on the couch and then he leaves her there cuz she fell asleep and he goes down to his office and has the dog with him and he's like dogs are pretty cool like sitting there petting her. And then after he's like, should we just leave your dog in the middle of a storm? <laughs> right. Oh, he's like, now that I've been around one, not so bad. I don't hate him, oh, but I don't know what to that. feed him. What do they do? <sighs> so then he hears a scream. Oh no! And he's like, I will kill anything that's made her scream, and like runs up the stairs. <laughs> And Randy is having a nightmare. And so Lily goes up and is waking her up. Did I skip something? I think we, I think we skipped, but honestly, it's all the same. So <laughs> I, like, I don't. Cause like she fell asleep and then when she woke up, he'd fed her dog steak. Oh yeah, I forgot about the steak. And then we honestly, maybe that is what happens next, but we cut in the book to like just all of the Sinclair siblings where, like, Hope takes it upon herself to have a powwow with all of her siblings to disclose their older brother's childhood trauma that he hasn't fucking told anyone about. And she's like, I just felt like they all needed to know. I'm like, that is not how that works. She's like, he didn't tell me not to say anything, so must be kosher. Right? And then Micah, cousin Micah, has a meet cute with Tessa. with Tessa, where she's cleaning and he was showering and then she didn't hear him. And then he's like, what are you, deaf or something? And then she's like, yeah, I actually am deaf, you, uh, you, you other ass. piece of shit. <laughs> and All he's of the like, Sinclair pieces of shit. The, oh. the Sinclair shits. He's like, oh, no. Yeah, he's like, oh, my bad. I feel then, really shitty. But, he, but I know ASL, so we can, we can go forward with so that. So this, this person who knows ASL is just chilling, being super... Uh, ableist about this poor woman who's deaf and is like, oh, well, let me do some sign. Like, what? Whatever. No, honestly, all of these characters. But then you're right. Then Randy's having a nightmare and then Evan finds her. And then I honestly, then he, she tells him about her childhood trauma. Yeah. Is that what happens? And her adoption. Yeah. 
But like, so and he's just pretending like he's never heard any of this as his pen pal. Well, some of it he hadn't heard because well, that is fair. she discloses that her mother was a prostitute. She doesn't know who her father was. They lived in a building of prostitutes that was close to her mom's corner. And all these women kind of looked after her and stuff as she was growing up. And then when she was like 11 or 12 or something, her mother was murdered and just never came home. And so these other prostitutes were looking after her while her mom was gone. And then DFAX Family Services shows up and is like, you're going to foster care, which obviously turned out really well for her because then she was— he tried to force her into the foster father tried to force her into oral sex and because so, he knew her mother was a prostitute. Right. So that's that's part of it is that in her nightmare she kept saying over and over again I'm not a whore, I'm not a whore and Evan's like what the fuck is happening right now? And so she tells Evan all of this and explains that she ran away at that point and was living on the streets and did some pretty terrible things. To eat. They're not that terrible. She, like, stole some stuff, which is totally fair when you're starving, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we all judge people until we're in that situation, and then it's very justified. But (laughs) she tried to steal from who ended up being her foster parents, and they caught her red-handed while she was trying to steal from them. Oh, this was in California, by the way. Yes, and then they took her back, and they, like, pretended that they were, like, long-lost relatives mm-hmm. who did have custody. Also, did we actually ever clarify what Evan's trauma is? No. So, Evan is dyslexic. Dun dun dun. Um, that said, <laughs> the way his dyslexia is described throughout the book um reads very much akin to how the DSM would describe the autism spectrum. Yeah. Just in a way where Like, parts of it, you're like, yes, that is a symptom of dyslexia. And other parts of it, you're like, that feels like we're reaching. Yeah. So, like, obviously, switching up letters, difficulty with reading comprehension, difficulty with number sequences, um, and, like, math in general can be part of it. But then it's like, and and that's why he has a hard time understanding jokes. And it's like, that's not. He can't read social cues. That's not it. Yes, and so there's pretty much all of Evan's, like, childhood trauma is based around him having dyslexia. Right, which he doesn't tell her yet. Yes, he does not tell her this, but we're, like, we're, we've gotten pieces of this from the conversation with Hope and the conversation they had after them, the conversation she had with her siblings. But Randy does not know about this yet. Right. Um, but then all of the, his siblings are, like, treading lightly because they didn't know. Then they feel bad because he was abused as a child by his dad because of his difficulties. Including, like, withholding food from him and really restricting his diet and stuff like that because I guess he was a little bit chubby. So that's why he eats the way that he does. He won't eat anything that's, like, carb-heavy or sugar-heavy. Oh, yeah. His coffee order was, like, a— a black coffee. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Well, uh, honestly, that makes a that makes more sense. I couldn't remember why I felt it was worth noting because my next line on this book says, feeds him cake. <laughs> they get naked. <laughs> is 
the description I have. <laughs> so she makes spaghetti, and he's like, this is a lot of carbs. And he's, she's like, you should eat it. And then he explains that his dad, like, withheld food from him. And now he understands why she eats with such gusto because she knows what it's like to be hungry. And then she feeds him the cake that she made. And it's very sensual. And then they got naked, and then she saw his scars from mm-hmm. his abuse. Yeah. And then, like, now they have that trust there, right? So now she gives him a blowjob. And he's like, no, don't. You don't like it. And then, <laughs> right. And she's like, maybe with you I do. Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't how trauma works, you guys. That's not, oh, God, in heaven. I just can't. I just, it stresses me out so bad. Yeah. So then while they're boning, there's like one of those moments where he's like, you're mine. Say you're mine. And I'm like, what are these weird claiming moments? And they realize afterwards that they they didn't use a condom. And then she's like, it's okay. I'm clean. And then he's like, yeah, I wasn't really worried about you being clean. I was worried about like accidentally knocking you up. And she's like, damn. And then she's like, oh. He doesn't see a future with me. Right. And like he She's d- like, he doesn't want to knock up a whore's daughter. And like Like, wow, we really leaping. Like, have you seen like those like memes where they're like, don't jump to conclusions? And then it's me <laughs> jumping to conclusions. And yeah. it's like someone like on one of those like three-story trampolines. <laughs> yes. Like, this is what it feels like here. He's like, yeah. I was just worried about getting you pregnant. And she's like, I knew he wouldn't want to get a whore's daughter pregnant. And you're like, I really don't think it had anything to do with your upbringing. I just think, like, he didn't want to have children. that's more believable for how trauma works than just suddenly being cool with a BJ. Like, (laughs) that's more in line with how trauma works. So at least she got something halfway right. Hey there, smart puppies. We'll get you right back to the show in just a moment. But first, do you like us? Maybe even love us? We sure love you. And if you do love us, don't tease us. Tell us in those ratings and reviews wherever you're listening right now. Maybe even send us over to a special sexy someone that would enjoy getting smutty with us. Because you know the first rule of Smut Club is to talk about Smut Club. All right, I won't keep you any longer. Let's get back to the show. So then, <laughs> so then she's like shutting down and Evan's like, what, ha- what is happening? So he goes to his brothers, right? Yep. He goes to the brothers who have all had these books. And so now they all think they're relationship experts. And then he tells them what he said. And all of his brothers are like, wait, you fucking said that? You should start groveling. Like, do you realize how that came off? And he's like, no. And then he's like, I just didn't. He's like, well, like dyslexia is genetic. And so I didn't want to, I don't want to have children because I don't want them to like relive my upbringing. Right. I don't want to curse future generations. Right. And so then his brothers are like, yeah, you still need to like explain this to her or she's going to think it's about her. So then Randy, while she's a teacher, third grade, is that, did I make that up third grade? Some elementary age teacher. Yeah. And then she volunteers at the community center doing tutoring. For special needs kids. Yes, for special needs kids. And so she is at the community center in one of her tutoring sessions. 
and then realizes like Evan is leaning against the wall watching her. And then he starts being like, it's going to take him like four times longer for word recognition and this much longer for this. And then like starts telling Randy all of this stuff. And she's like, oh shit, he knows all of this because he also has dyslexia. But she's also like, I know that because I have a master's in special needs education. Thank you. <laughs> you know that too. <laughs> Honestly, low-key reminded. Like the mansplaining. Yeah. Is which like I get that it was like firsthand experience. Yeah. Um, no, that reminds me of when I had an ex-boyfriend trying. Um, he had been diagnosed with anxiety and then was <laughs> – this is when I was working crisis, and so I'd, like, work a 12-hour shift, and then at the end of the day, I'd be like, how was your day? And he's like, horrible. I'm like, really? Because <laughs> I had someone spit blood on me today, so tell me how how horrible your day was. I have to get tested for HIV for the next six weeks because, or right? six months because, you know. Yes, and then he was like, I was just like, I don't exactly remember what happened. I just remember he started trying to mansplain to me the connection between depression and anxiety, <laughs> and I was like, I have a fucking degree in this. I'm licensed in this. It's literally my fucking job. Hey, you 22-year-old college musician barista. <laughs> I be- mean, no judgment, but also judgment. But also everyone I dated <laughs> when I was single, so there is that. Not They weren't all in college. There were age... <laughs> There was an age there, range. There was an age range. <laughs> but yes, I just remember he really tried to mansplain depression and anxiety to me. And I'm like, this is offensive on so many levels. Um, and also, I don't give a shit that you had a bad day because <laughs> in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you're doing great, kid. Yeah, yeah. My empathy is gone. Get away from me. Right, and that was also probably when I knew we shouldn't be dating. <laughs> I'm like, I don't give a shit about your bad day and that's a bad sign. <laughs> It is. Yeah, you're correct. Right, yeah. I'm like, maybe we shouldn't be dating if I'm like, I do not care that you had a bad day. Um, all right. So <laughs> going back to Evan mansplaining dyslexia to someone with a degree in exceptional education. And then Randy's response is like, well, I'll help you find your happiness. Yeah. He's like, that's why I didn't want to have, I didn't want to get you pregnant. And she's like, what? Oh, well, you, you wouldn't be your dad. You have so many resources. This child would be so loved and blah, 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 blah. Whatever. Sorry. I don't, I still just like, I don't give a shit about Evan, but we're here. So then. (laughs) It's very much like your ex, it feels. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't give a shit. Right? You're not wrong. Um, So then Evan emails Randy as her secret pen pal and is like, so what's your favorite flower? Like, I'm like, how this girl has not pieced this together at this point is... Well, because he was thinking I'm going to send her flowers to write whatever wrong I've committed, but I don't know what kind of flowers she likes, so I guess I'm fucked. Well, no, I understand his motivations. I just still think it's really obvious that he's the pen pal. It is kind of, yeah. And she just, like, really has not put those pieces together. But then, so, like, he asked... He asked her what her favorite flowers are, and then he's like, oh, it's like, how are things going with the guy? And she's, like, not knowing it's Evan. She's like, it's not that serious. He's leaving town. Like, we're I'm— just having fun. We're, like, it is what it is, and it's fun for now. And But, like, Evan, like, keeps fishing, and—but she's like, he's leaving after this week. So there's really nothing else going on. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to another Micah and Tessa scene, which I'm like, I— yeah, he goes to Sullivan's Steak and Seafood. 
to eat and to just watch her be there, I guess, and is like, I'm super into that. And her brother, Liam, who stood up Randy on the date previously, is like, stay the fuck away from my sister. She's been through enough. She's handicapped. And he's like, she looks fine to me, bro. Maybe you should simmer down. But I'm also like, if they're going to get their own book, I don't know why we keep... Did she not have enough for this book? So she started throwing scenes in it for the must next be. Couple? It must be. Because they do get their own book. And I did read it. And I regret it deeply. <laughs> Every time I read another one of these, I'm like, I regret my choice. They're like palate cleansers for me. After I've read something really heavy, I read another one of these fucking millionaire yes, books. Yes, that's how I read them too. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh, I just read a really good, really thought-provoking book. I should read some more J.S. Scott. Yeah, it's like I just had this incredible meal and now I need a bonbon that I'm going to forget that I ate in 10 minutes. Like, that's what I need and that's what these books are. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they're just like not even an entire dessert. They're kind of like cotton candy. Yes, it's exactly like cotton candy. (laughs) Like, they just disappear. You're like, that was fun. Mm -hmm. But like... That was very short-lived. Yeah. And there's a little bit of an aftertaste and you're like, yeah, and you then have, you drink some water and you're good. You have a slight stomachache after <laughs> and you don't know why. So, all right. Randy's favorite flowers are calla lilies. Yes. And then she goes to her foster mother's grave. Yes. And foster father because they're they're both deceased at this point. You are correct. Mm-hmm. Both of them are deceased. Both of their graves. She goes... And there are calla lilies on the grave with a thank you card attached. She's like, who would be thanking them and, like, leaving Cal? And, like, I'm like, bitch, can you really, like, are you, do you, like, do you have Do you have dyslexia? (laughs) I mean, I wasn't going to make that joke. (laughs) I was about to say, are you teaching the third graders or are they teaching you? (laughs) Well, and, like, somebody shoveled the walkway to their gravesite and, like, cleared the snow and left a single calla lily with a thank you note. Right? And then it's just this, like, (sighs) poignant scene where, like, Randy is crying and it's like, I think I can start healing again now. And we're like, just like Beatrice with her fucking Apache Tearstone <laughs> predicted. Um, so then there's a family, like Evan, like the Sinclair siblings are all gathering. Evan's siblings are all hanging out and everyone's noting like, oh, like Evan's like chill and like seems happier and mm-hmm. is eating carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and Randy is there. Yeah, and Randy's there and, like, talking to them about this progress. And they're like, obviously, you're in love with him. And she's like, no. Right, she keeps denying it. And then they do, like, she, in helping Evan find his happiness, they do some yoga together. They try to do meditation. Meditation yoga. And then she just, like, fucks him, and that's the meditation. She's like, no, close your eyes and lay on your back. And then she just, like, hops on his dick. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like... Take deep breaths. He's like, if this is what meditation is, I'm into it. Right. Well, I also just remember mid-meditation, Evan started telling Randy about, like, her childhood abuser being dead. Oh, Do yeah. Do you remember I that? about because that. Because Evan yeah, was like, yeah, I yeah. need a name to know who try and forced you into sex acts when you were in foster care. Um, and so then he, I'm like, what were you going to do, Evan? Were you going to hire a hitman? Like, So he would have done it himself with his bare hands. (laughs) I'm a man. Could could he order himself a plane ticket? That's all I'm wondering. 
I mean, he has a private jet. You're right. Yeah. The dyslexia has no impact on his (laughs) flight status. He has assistance for that. Yes. The perks of being a millionaire. Billionaire. Billionaire. Not just a millionaire. Excuse you. Because the last book in this series, you guys, is only a millionaire. Just for the record. What the fuck? (laughs) Just for the record. Who fell out of the family will? No, that one's about Liam. How is Liam a millionaire? Don't worry about it. <laughs> he co-owns a restaurant in a small town because in Because he used to be a stuntman in Hollywood and developed all of these, like, I don't know what they are, these, like, uh, devices and things to make stunts safer for movies. And so he's collecting royalties and made bank. So, <laughs> anyway, yes, don't ever besmirch the Sinclair name. By using the M word. <laughs> the, the M word millionaire. Um, yes. So mid meditation, Evan is like, I just want you to know I did some research and your childhood abuser is dead. He did. And so then she's like, okay, lay on your back and we'll do some meditation. <laughs> Obviously the meditation we're trying is not effective. So let me try it with your dick inside me. Right. I'm like, that's, that's not... I mean, if you're going to do, like, tantric yoga, then do tantric yoga. But Listen, don't be weird. All I'm saying is when I used to live in Nashville, I once led a meditation seminar at a local library, and I led them through several different types of meditation. And let me tell you, this was not one we did at the <laughs> library. At no point was I was like, all right, lay on your back, take out your dick. And for the record, in case it hasn't been made obvious by all of our previous episodes, we're very kink-affirming. <laughs> right? There's no shaming here. Like None. Like, live your truth. It is entirely okay. I also didn't want to get arrested. Um, <laughs> At the public library. Also, my husband was not in attendance, and I feel like there would have been a lot of questions if I let a meditation hour at the library. Can I get a volunteer? <laughs> And he's like, I'm like, hey, honey, I got arrested because apparently the type of meditation we did at the library was too progressive. (laughs) Mm. Right. So there's meditation sex. And then (laughs) what happens after that? Like, I don't really feel like there was much plot in this book. There's none. It's just like, and then we disclose we were abused, and then we fuck, and then we go to a party, and then we fuck, and then we— Well, and then, oh, that's what happened. Um, Evan, as pen pal Evan, Mm -hmm. Randy still does not know that Evan is her pen pal because he is a a complete piece of shit. And also, she has no deductive reasoning (laughs) skills. Honestly, it's on both of them at this point. Um, but he like pen pal Evan emails her and is like, oh, so like, how's it going with your like new guy? Like, did you change your mind about like, if it could be more? And then she says like, I could never love, um, I could never fall in love with a man like him. Um, but then like, as soon as she sends the email, she's like, I was lying to myself because I'm already in love with a man like him. But then obviously like Evan is going to be salty about that. He goes into a full tailspin about it. So they previously, the the party, the ball that Hope was throwing had to be postponed because of the storm. So it's finally the day of the ball. Is that what happened? Yeah. (laughs) I could not bring myself to You have notes. I took note of the things I thought were important, and that's why I wrote down meditation sex. I did not write down priorities. The ball was delayed due to the blizzard. Priorities. 
So then, anyway, <laughs> they're getting ready. They go, um, oh, Stokes the driver. So they get into the Evans Bentley or Rolls or whatever the fuck he's driving or not driving. He has a driver. And um, Randy's like, what's your driver's first name? And he's like, I don't know. She's like, is he a new employee? And he's like, no, he's been with me for years. And she's like, are you serious right now? And so she finds out the man's name is Jerry. He is very advanced in age. He has six children and three grandchildren. I just made that shit up. I don't know. I it was know. the opposite. I think he had three <laughs> children and six grandchildren and like two great grandchildren. I don't know. I don't know. I did not take notes. <laughs> well, apparently I didn't take notes on the right things. So <laughs> that's why we do joint reviews because they work, obviously. So. She finds out all this personal information about him and finds out that, like, his daughter was sick and Evan giving him a job, like, saved his daughter's life. And he's like, I'm going to drive for him until I can't drive anymore. And Evan's like, wow, I'm a dick. I can't believe that Randy found out this information that quickly. Oh, we've left out that at some point, Randy explains to Evan that only her mother ever called her Miranda. And it's very, like, uh, it's a trauma trigger for people to call her Miranda. And he's like, son of a bitch, I will never call her Miranda again. I literally do not remember this happening <laughs> in the book. I don't remember when it happened. I just remember that happening because I was like, also, I just don't like it when people don't use the names that they request to be called. Like, why are you going to do that? I don't like it. Yeah, she's it. like, I go by Randy. And he's like, I'm calling you Miranda. Like, she's like, it'd be a lot cooler if you didn't. And he's like... I don't give a shit because I'm a caveman. Yeah. He's like, maybe you'll like it when I'm moaning it, when I make you come. And she's like, probably not. <laughs> Generous offer. <laughs> Still going to pass on being called Miranda. Still a no for me. Thanks. So they go to the ball. Yeah. They get to the ball and then I'm not sure where Evan went, but Liam asks Randy to dance. Yeah, he just didn't ask her. And he also doesn't drink ever, but decides tonight's the night. After he sees her dancing. With Liam. Yes. And he's like, she smiled at him. Ah. Like, like goes full fucking caveman. At no point, like, I'm like, hey, you could have just walked up and been like, may I cut in? Mm -hmm. But instead, mm -hmm. like, his brothers are like holding him back. Because he's like, fight me, bro. She's mine. I can't yeah. believe anyone like, would encroach on my territory. Grabbing his lapels and, like, shoving him. And Liam's like, bro, dude, what is happening? Like, I just was trying to apologize for standing her up. Can you not be who you are right now? Right? Like, it was. there was nothing, like, sexual no. happening. But her dress was low-cut in the back, and his hand was on her bare skin or something. I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's true, know, but it feels right that I said it. I agree. It does feel right <laughs> that you said it, because I think, in my head, there's, like, a 70% chance that that's what happened, because I really just didn't care. Um, <laughs> and then, like, Randy and Evan leave the main room and go to a bathroom for a confrontation. Yeah. and Because one of the brothers is like, Randy, you need to get him out of here and calm him down. And she's like, bet on it. And then she takes him and fucks him in the bathroom. Well, and I, I don't really remember what happened. I just remember there being a really dramatic, like, we can't have forever, but we can have tonight. 
So I'm like, so so fuck me in the community center bathroom? Is that what we're going with? It's the peak of romance. So Well, my husband's birthday is next month, and I was taking (laughs) some time off work. So instead of planning a trip somewhere, I'm just going to find our nearest community (laughs) center bathroom if that's the peak of romance. Noted. Obviously, my husband's birthday just passed, and I did it wrong. So... Our anniversary, however, is coming up. We were going to take a trip and go see Slipknot in concert, but I will cancel that immediately. As you should. This is also far more economically priced (laughs) because community centers (laughs) tend to be open to the masses. So accurate. Instead of going out of state for a Slipknot concert. Also, another thing I just want to mention. Oh, God. Because, yeah, no, that's how I feel about everything (laughs) in this book. I'm like, oh, fucking another thing to mention. She's like wearing her dress and then in the bathroom fucking, she's like has her silk stockings and her garter belt. And I'm like, are garter belts just real? I know we've talked about this before, but are garter belts just way more common than I'm realizing? Cause like they're the I've peak never, of, of sex appeal in these I've books. I've never, I have never personally worn a garter belt. Never. And yet they're acting like you can pick them up in a five pack at Walmart. I've never looked. <laughs> You're like, maybe you could. I mean, I, I can neither confirm nor deny. You're like, I've never worn one, but I've also never looked to purchase one. I've never tried. No. I'm not disputing they can be sexy. Sure. Maybe I am in some situations. I mean, like, but, but if you really think about it, it's like, it's just a weird band that goes around your waist. Like, why? Yeah, and I have I have weird weirdly proportioned hips for that, so I don't think I'll ever <laughs> wear one. But that's a story for another time. Noted. Well, okay. So then, during this like garter belt, silk stocking, community center bathroom sex, while he fucks her from behind, so they can look at each other in the mirror. As as true love takes place, we do need to Obviously. make note for your anniversary, my husband's birthday. Um, but then she like, she says, I like, she like tells him, I love you. Like during while sex. she's, while, while she's coming, she like screams, I love you. Right. And Which I'm also like, this community center is full of people for a fucking party and nobody hears the fuck well, fest. Well, Grady paid a lot of money to renovate it. So I imagine there was soundproofing. Obviously that would be the first Because a billionaire came in and soundproofed the community center bathrooms so him and his siblings could bone in there. Top priority. Yes, exactly. So she's like, as she's orgasming, she's like screaming her love for him. And then he's straight up like, well, then how come you said you could never love a man like me? And she's like, I never said that. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then she's like, oh. What? You're my pen pal. Son of a bitch. What? And then she gets upset and is, because he's like, well, how could you say that? And like, how could you say you could never love a man like me? And then she's like, because how could I love a man that doesn't exist? Which is just the dumbest thing ever. And she was like, she didn't say, she's like, I didn't say I didn't love a man like you. I said that I couldn't because you're leaving. You're going to leave me. And you're a billionaire. And I'm a whore's daughter. (laughs) And there is clearly never a future for us. So all I can think about when it's like the whore's daughter, whatever, is the store, the junk man, because there is a a franchise called the junk man's daughter in five points in Atlanta. 
And I used to love it there. I used to go there all the time. So every time she's like, the whore's daughter, I'm like, the junk man's daughter? And that's not, it doesn't make sense, but neither does the book. So (laughs) you're like, so it's on brand. So Uh, it tracks. So Randy leaves. She runs out disheveled. Disheveled and stokes the driver is like, I'll take you home. And she's like, no, Evan's going to need a ride. And he's like, yeah, Evan can wait for once in his life. You're a sobbing, disheveled woman. Not really sure the status of her attire at this point. It's not great. No. And so he drives She's her. crying. Yes. Obviously, her makeup is fucked. Her hair is probably all messed up because Evan is not a gentle lover. <laughs> He's not. He's not. Um, so then Evan goes to the bar with his cousins. With Micah and the other one. Julian. Yes, yes, and, yes, yes. And so, okay. And I know they have future books. Micah makes like high end extreme sports extreme equipment. Sports equipment. Mm-hmm. And then Julian is a famous actor. He's a movie star. Yes. Yes, he's a movie star. So there at the bar, Evan is drinking basically for the first time in his life and spills his guts to his cousins about this. Meanwhile, Julian is antagonizing their waitress. <laughs> basically. Who is Kristen, who is Sarah, Dr. Sarah from <laughs> No Ordinary Billionaire. She's also her secretary. Yeah, and best friend. And best friend who broke her foot in... The second book, which is how Mara became a bridesmaid in Sarah's wedding. Because this is the only town I've ever seen where someone's like, I broke my foot. I can't be in your wedding. So I found another bridesmaid for you. I'm like, if I were a bride and someone was like, I found a bridesmaid for you that you don't know. That's weird. That does remind me once I was in a wedding for one of my really, really good friends from graduate school. And she was super stressed because her husband's family was a lot. They like they were a lot to deal with. Um, and her family was very well to do, had a ton of money. Um, they're from Turkey, like very, very different people. Meanwhile, his dad was a Baptist preacher. Oh, wow. From Florida. A lot of culture clashes happening So much happening. And so she had selected like three of us to be bridesmaids, you know, four of us or whatever. And then his sisters were like, we're going to be bridesmaids too, right? And she was like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how his sister Pumpkin came to be in the wedding. Her... Is that her given name? I do not believe that was her given Christian name. I never learned the real one. And we got super smashed in Key West together. I never learned her real name. <laughs> this is the tr- <laughs> I got smashed in Key West <laughs> with a bridesmaid named Pumpkin who inserted herself into the wedding party. She did. Is the most Florida shit I've ever heard. She did. And I don't remember the other sister's name, but it was something like Pookie or something. Stop. I'm serious. I don't remember, but it wasn't, it wasn't great. It doesn't sound like it was great. Yeah. I don't know. I had an old roommate who I was not in her wedding, which I was entirely okay with, but she had 10 bridesmaids and one of her bridesmaids, oh, I knew a girl who had 18 bridesmaids. That's too many. Yes, I don't even like 18 people. Truly, I do not. But um, 
I forget which one I was going to tell a story about because they both the have great ten. stories. <laughs> the yes, one with the ten. one with 10. They both honestly have great stories from both of these weddings. But the one with 10, one of the bridesmaids was like, if I'm not in your wedding, I'm not attending your wedding. And in my head, I'm like, damn, don't let the whore. <laughs> don't let the whore. <laughs> where, where was that going? <laughs> Somebody help me. Don't let the door <laughs> hit you on the way out was where I was. We going. haven't had enough to drink for that. We really haven't. We haven't. This is like. I've had one glass of wine over the course of like an hour and a half. There's zero reason. This is just who I am as a human, (laughs) which is kind of worse. It is kind of, yeah. Um, Or better. But yes, but she like legitimately had a bridesmaid that was like, if I'm not in your wedding, I won't be attending it. And she was like, well, I guess you're in my wedding then. And I'm like, bitch, you are not going to be at my wedding at all then. And I'm entirely okay with it. Yeah. I didn't have any bridesmaids. I didn't even want to invite my parents to my wedding. But my husband is softer than me <laughs> and he was like well I really want my my grandma to be there and if my Aww. grandma is there then obviously I was like this is give a moose a muffin he's like if we invite my grandparents then we have to invite my parents if we invite my parents we have to invite your parents I was like oh my god I literally just wanted to go to the courthouse I did not want to do this but in our county that is very ass backwards they did not do courthouse weddings what yeah, because they didn't want to be forced to marry same-sex couples. So they just stopped doing all marriage ceremonies of any kind. Oh, my god! Yeah. So we had a friend perform the ceremony on a dock on the Chattahoochee with our parents there and Matt's grandparents and my sister. One of my sisters. I had two bridesmaids. That it, feels like a good number it to was me. My sister— and my best friend of 20 years. Well, I was I was a bitch, like straight up. Like, I'm not even going to lie. So a couple of my friends were like, let us decorate the dock. Because I was like, I legitimately don't care. I just want to sign the marriage license. Like, I don't, I don't care. That's just not who I am. And they were like, let us decorate. I was like, you can come and decorate, but you can't stay for the ceremony. Like, I Way to hold that boundary. I literally didn't invite anybody else. Like, you guys can't stay. Thank you, though. And then after, everybody was like, well, what are we going to do now? I was like, I don't know what you guys are doing, but Matt and I are going to dinner. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) So. I love this story. (laughs) I was like, I don't. No, I really appreciate that, like. We have several friends who have gotten engaged since, since we got married and. Whenever they're like, what's, what advice would, would you give and all of those things? And I'm like, it's a day about you. Mm-hmm. But inadvertently, it becomes a day about all of your friends and family trying to love you really well and how they want to be loved. And then it inadvertently becomes about them. Yeah. Even though all they're trying to do is love you. Terrible. So my mother was like, so we can't invite anybody? And I was like, if you want to throw a party, mom, you can throw a party and you can tell me when to show up. But I'm not paying for it, and I'm not planning it, and I'm not doing it. So she did that six months later. They had a huge party. Oh. And I was like, this is nice and weird. Was it people you like? Some of them. Oh, well, that's, you know, better than zero of them. Some of them. But I was like, okay, then, all right. No, so our, our trick for our wedding was that we got married 
at a vineyard five minutes from my parents' house. Nice. And my parents live in the middle of nowhere in the mountains in a town that doesn't have a stoplight. <laughs> and it, but it's, it's, it's so stunning. They live on a lake in the mountains, like off the Appalachian Trail. Absolutely beautiful. Um, but it is not a place you get to by accident. Right. And so it was very much one of those weddings that like, we'd love for you to make it. And we have zero expectation that you are going to show up when the nearest airport is like almost a two-hour drive away. Right. So we had a lot of no's for that <laughs> reason. And while I was very sad they couldn't make it, I also wasn't was not sad they couldn't make it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I don't know how we did. So this, all this but to let's say, get back. Evan and Randy. <laughs> and um, so where had oh so. Evan is getting trashed for the first time in his life with his cousins, the movie star, and the extreme outdoor equipment maker. (laughs) And he tells them everything, and they're like, bro, what the fuck? Are you serious? You've been sleeping with her all this time, and you knew who she was and you didn't say anything? Well, and also, we did forget to mention a while back, there was another cutaway scene. Like, right before the ball started, Tamara and Jared from the last book. Oh, yeah. Where they were talking about how, like, all of the siblings knew about the pen pal situation. So, like, everyone at that point was under the impression that Randy already knew. And I'm like, man, I'd feel real dumb if I were Randy and found Mm -hmm. out that everyone else knew about this except Super betrayed. Yeah. Yes. I'm like, no, you should be pissed about this. Mm Mm-hmm. So Randy, it's like the next day, I guess. And Randy is like, I'm not going to check my email. I'm not going to check my email. I'm not going to check my email. And then she checks her email and she has a message from Evan that's like, have you ever done something really stupid? And she's like, not really, no. (laughs) Not like your dumb ass has. (laughs) She's like, "Mm, no. And he's like, well, I have. And so they do this exchange, and then she's crying, and then Evan is behind her somehow. Yeah, in her house. Not his house, because the storm has passed. She is back in her own house now. Yep, yep, yep. And Evan's just there, and he's like, you should probably marry me. And then she's like, okay. Like, and then that's really the end of the book. (laughs) Man, I hated that book. So much. Like, all right, what's our our rating scale for this book? Do we do jam for Mara's book since she was the jam maker? I don't remember our rating scale for that one. I don't know. Um, How many calla lilies? That's all I can think. How many? Like one dead one that's been on the grave for a while. And we left out that he was apparently going back every single day to leave a calla lily for her dead parents. Do we really think he was doing it or do we think he was paying He probably had an assistant do it. And she's like, why did you do that? And he was like, I was thanking them for being there for you and saving you when I couldn't. And she's like, (laughs) you didn't fucking know her. That is a misplacement. Like that don't make no sense. Like, I guess this was, no, it wasn't sweet. He... Like, you tried to get there and you couldn't. No. Like, I'm like, the entire book, you were manipulating this girl and mm-hmm. you knew. And I have very little respect for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But I'm also like, I, I also have, I don't really have much respect for Randy because just like the other girls in these books, these dudes are like committing these atrocious acts <laughs> against these women. And then they're like, I'm so sorry. And the girl's like, I will marry you now. Like, hell, Mara had her house sold out from under her, her the house she grew up in. Where her business was. Where, where her business was. And Jared was like, well, I just knew because I'm an architect that the house wasn't safe and you were going to die. And like, yes, the, the house did ultimately light on fire. No one, <laughs> and burned to the ground. It did burn to the ground. She had to be rescued. No one is disputing that. But I'm like, there at, are other ways to do that. And at no point you like, like, did Jared not think like, I could tell Mara that this is why I sold her house or like not sold it. This is why I, I purchased her house so I could save it. But I'm like, I just feel like all of these large things are happening where I'm like, yep. we're very quick to forgive. And I'm like, I'm not like saying we need to be holding grudges, but I'm also like, it Boundaries. does feel like maybe more than like two hours of separation when you left a party crying. Like you might need more time than that to really process. Yeah. And Micah, the cousin was like, dude, what is happening? Like this woman is running out of the room disheveled and sobbing and here you come with no buttons on your shirt because she ripped them off. That's not a good look, bro. What the fuck are you doing? (sighs) I mean. And Evan's just like, I can't help it. I'm dyslexic. And I'm like, (laughs) that's literally, it has nothing to do with the moral choices you're making right now. So should we do it out of billionaires? How many billionaires? How many billionaires? Um, like a, a billionaire who's living below the poverty line <laughs> is what I'd give it. A billionaire who's lost it all. Yeah, like someone who had a billion dollars put in their bank account and then they refreshed their bank account. And, and it, it was gone. And it was gone is what I rate this book. <laughs> I was going to say like, like one and a half billionaires, which would be like one billionaire and one millionaire. <laughs> so terrible. It would be Dante Sinclair and Liam Sullivan. There it is. Yes, um, precisely. I, I will rate it one billionaire, but it is not the billionaire that this book is about. Amen. Well, and that's the other thing that I hate about this book and a lot of these books in general is it's like the women, like their whole character development is is some trauma that happened. And it's like, they they can have stories outside of that. Like, does it have to be the terrible things that happened to them that, that drew them to these men? Like, I don't... Apparently. Trauma bonds are not the only bonds. We can have other ones. <laughs> <laughs> Healthier ones. We can have other ones. In fact... We encourage you we to, to have healthier ones. Um, we would love for you to find a therapist if you're <laughs> needing one. But like Evan Sinclair, you need a therapist, my yes. guy. Yeah. And I don't want it to be me. I can tell you that much. I do Absolutely not want not. you as a client. Much like, and I can't remember where I've said this before, like whoever involuntarily committed Kanye West to a psych hospital, I have the power to write commitment papers. Yeah. Um. Am I so glad I was not the person called to have to go write commitment papers on Kanye West? Yes. Yes, I am. Like, go get another therapist, but you need one. Yes. It's like Britney Spears' therapist while she was under conservatorship. Would I want to be that person? 
No. Do I want to be that person now that she's out of conservatorship and has her freedom back? Yes. Call me, Brittany, please. Thank you. (laughs) I love you. All right. So we're going to rate this one billionaire, um, not the billionaire that the book is about, or we'll rate it. We'll rate it a Dante. Dante, he seems to be the least atrocious of the Sinclair books so far. Yeah, but is that just because we're so remote from it? But I'm like the LAPD detective billionaire, (laughs) so maybe I'm I'm maybe he's not. Maybe just a just a different billionaire altogether. One Elon Musk. (laughs) That is my final offer. I'll rate it one Jeff Bezos. We're gonna go full lizard person. Thank you. (laughs) I'm really sorry that you guys had to listen to this. Wow, I apologize, y'all. Thank (laughs) you for joining us on this journey. It was it I. I hope it wasn't nearly as painful for you as it was for me. <laughs> yeah. Please don't give up on us. We'll do better next time. <laughs> um, but J.S. Scott will likely not be doing better next time. No. So. Thank you for your effort, Jan. Please stop. Well, she's a bot. Can't stop, won't stop. <laughs> she just keeps it in refresh and it hits sure another does. story. She sure does. So thank you all for joining us. Catch us on the next one. Please don't leave us after that review because we hated it too. But we love you. But we love you. Thank so you. Have a great day. Bye. Next week on Smut Club. I think whenever she felt aroused, she just described it as her flower tingling. I'm like, is that what it, <laughs> like, is that what we're saying? Like, you're just aroused, like, oh, like my dick twitch. I don't know. We can bring my husband on and interview him. <laughs> I'm not going to put him on the spot and ask, but I'm like, that is like a question I am I'm definitely about. not going to ask. <laughs> yeah, Hannah, I think it's great that you're not just going to like go up to my husband and be like, can I ask you about your dick? And how it twitches. Does it twitch? Does and it if twitch? so, it like, is it an exaggerated you, twitch? Like, is it a little wiggle? Like, what's happening down there? Are you just going to, like, make really intense eye contact and you're going to be like, <laughs> blink if your dick twitches? Blink once for yes and twice for no. <laughs> like, blowing on his eyes to see what happens. Is that, is that where we're going to end up here? Well, that's it for this week's Mutt Sluts. We hope it was good for you. Because it sure was great for us. If you're digging what we're doing, it would mean a lot if you'd take a minute to rate and review the show wherever you're listening right now. Maybe tell that sexy someone to lend us an ear. We love you. We appreciate you. And we'll see you next week. Stay smutty.